Here we are. We're live. We're here. Do you feel like it's been ages since we've recorded? Yeah. I feel like that too, especially mm -hmm. for me. I'm like, oh, I was kind of getting nervous before we started this. Oh, I know. It's so crazy. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, the last time we recorded was on Ted Bundy's birthday. Um, yep. Which was crazy. Yeah. What a coincidence. That's insane. For real. I know. Um, and this is also the first time we've ever recorded so close to the release date. Like this is coming out in just a couple days. So I'm like, I know what the heck we can talk about relevant topics. It's so we crazy. We really can like real events. Yes. <laughs> so I have one thing that I have been dying to bring up. So I've been shoving in as many Christmas movies as possible mm -hmm. and it finally became available to, you had to purchase, I think purchase it. You might be able to rent it, but the clay animated Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And maybe I just didn't catch it in the past, uh -huh. but there are so many sexist and like horrible remarks made in that movie. No way. <laughs> Listen, I'm not the kind of person that was like offended um, because that was the time and that's just how it is. I don't think the movie right. needs to be canceled. But there were two, and even Nick, it had us dying laughing. So I went back and found the exact quote. So in one scene, um, every Rudolph runs away. Everyone, mm -hmm. the whole family wants to go out and find him. Okay. And Rudolph's dad says, no, this is man's work. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I died. And then the, the next one is at the end, uh, spoiler alert, they uh, fight off the Bumble, the abominable snowman. Mm -hmm. and uh the narrator comes on and says oh and their friend cornelius like goes down with the bumble and the narrator says they were all very sad at the loss of their friend but they realized that the best thing to do was to get the women back to christmas town <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh rolling i was like <laughs> what did they just say like, when when was this <laughs> released? Oh, like way back in the day. Like oh, I want to gotcha. say, I want to say, like I'm probably going to butcher this. Like 60s, 70s. Okay. Did they have clay okay. animation back then? I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. Long time ago. I mean, How horrible funny. quality film. But right. They like promote bullying. They're like. <laughs> no daughter of mine's gonna date a red-nosed reindeer and like it's so harsh i was like whoa so, oh my gosh how funny go watch your family friendly movies this season right but that one cracked me up so hard. that's funny that's great yeah. i'll have to watch it <laughs> yeah absolutely so any yeah. news for you no news for me mm. nothing uh crazy going on in this world no so. holiday festivities. Not really. No. Wow. What a Scrooge. I know. I know. I know. Well, just for listener reasons, I have been down for two weeks with the worst cold I think I've ever had in my life. Yeah, you've been so, sick. So <laughs> if you hear a little um, cough or two, I'm going to do my best to edit all of those out, but just kind of bear with me here. Because I happen to be telling the story today, and it's a long one. So, yep. um, should we just get right in? Oh, something spiked. 
Yeah. What are you drinking? Wow. Glad you mm-hmm. asked. Look at this mud or glass. How Hall- cute. Hello, Queen. Uh, That's so cute. I made a drink. Um, I like to call it my poor girl's drink because this is what I would drink when like, <laughs> I couldn't afford to go out and get like a nice bottle of wine. It is just vodka with lemon juice, um, like a splash. I just put grape juice. Normally it would be orange juice and some LaCroix. So that's it. It's so refreshing. And I didn't want to do anything that I thought was going to like super dry me out. So yeah. it's a whole can of LaCroix in here. Yeah. So that's uh, <laughs> simple and basic today. That sounds terrible. Um, <laughs> it's actually really good, but it's more of like a summer drink, like a day yeah. drink. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm drinking a spiked eggnog, your favorite eggnog. Ugh, um, yeah. But it's actually an almond nog, so it doesn't really have eggs in it. Okay. So I truly don't know how they make it, but um, so it has the eggnog, tequila, uh, disarono. And uh, cinnamon. Ooh, and I, I have actually it in my like it. Something spiked little mug. Yes, yes, I love it. Well, cheers. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, so I've been <laughs> thinking of the drinking word. Mm-hmm. And I know what it is. Okay. Any okay. guesses? Any guesses? What do you think? Oh, man. I was worried about this because there's so many good ones. So just just spill it. Okay, ready? Uh-huh. Mother. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, mother, shit. Mother or mom. <coughs> oh, That's my it. gosh. All right, guys. Well, it's a good thing that this is a hefty glass. Yep. Because we're going to be drinking. Okay. Yes. Here we go. Mom, mommy, dearest, mother. Yes. So, disclaimer, our videos and podcasts are for entertainment purposes. All information discussed was found on the internet. Keep in mind, we will be talking all things sinister. That may not be suitable for all audience. Viewer discretion or listener discretion is advised. Let me switch over here. So... Today, we are discussing Ed Kemper, the co-ed, um, sorry, co-ed killer or co-ed butcher, and uh, it's a good one. So yeah, such I, a good story. Man, I, I don't know if I just don't retain information well, but every time we do these and I have to do the research and dig deep, I'm like, I don't remember some of these gruesome details. Yeah. Well, and I feel like probably other podcasts that you've listened to, maybe they just didn't really go into Deep? depth. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to put the disclaimer now that this one is very violent. There are triggers. Yep. There's basically any trigger you can think of. It's in this. It gets very sure. disgusting. He specifically had a lot of quotes. He was He's done a lot of interviews. So it's really dark. It, it reminded me a lot of the toy box killer, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So here we go. Edmund Emil Kemper third was born December 18th, 1948. Is that right? Yes. Yes. That I, for a second there, I was like, wait, is that correct? Yes. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> 
I'm already messing this up. I'm going to blame it on the cop syrup. So he is a serial killer, rapist, and necrophile. He likes to have intercourse with dead people. His name's, like I said, co-ed killer, butcher, and also Big Ed. Big Ed was okay. his, um, like, day-to-day nickname. That wasn't his serial killer nickname. Right. So, um, I'm just going to describe his personality right from the beginning, because he was kind of this way from childhood to adulthood. He had, um, he displayed antisocial behaviors. He was narcissistic, which it's funny he was a seemingly pretty nice guy to a lot of people who knew him, but you'll, the narcissism will kind of come into play later. He had mm-hmm. major social anxiety, especially with women. He was an organized lust killer, and he self-described himself as normal and trusting. So you can kind of see where, like, the narcissism <laughs> the came narcissism. in there. narcissism, <laughs> yeah. Right off the bat. So he is a Sagittarius. That's what we are talking about this month. And I realized... Yep. I know a ton of Sagittariuses. Yeah, we do. I mean, speaking of, <clears throat> Amanda from Missouri wrote in again, and that's D-U-H at the end. <laughs> weird how she spells her name. Yeah, but, it's so weird. I mean, but she's so nice. You know, she writes in to us all the time. And huge fan. Huge fan. Huge fan. Um, anyway, she wrote in to us and said, bitches, I'm a Sagittarius. We were like, that's literally what she said. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm so sorry, Amanda. So So shout out. My sister is also a Sagittarius. And uh, And you didn't know? It just didn't (laughs) click in my head until now. Yeah. And well, this has been my first time covering a Sagittarius, too. Yeah. So, um,. I got this off of CoStar, like the app and their website. They are super detailed. I love using them. Mm-hmm. They describe, well, they have a full breakdown of Sagittarius's, but the things that stuck out to me, reckless in their pursuit of what they want. They are insatiable hunger, or they have an insatiable hunger for knowledge. They don't mm-hmm. believe in playing it safe. Wields truth like a blunt weapon. Oh, I like that Ooh. one a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> Friendliest person at the party. And as a fire sign reminder for everyone, we're looking at passionate, creative, spontaneous. So all of those things, but, um, reckless in the pursuit of what they want. That's a a pretty big one for Ed, as well as a hunger for knowledge. Oh yeah. Yes. I would 100% agree. (laughs) Yeah. So and I would throw in like kind of a little bit about Ted Bundy, you know, that we've covered mm-hmm. in the past, like constantly looking for that next thrill or that next thing to keep him happy or to keep yep. him motivated. Absolutely. So, and honestly, there are so many times that Ed Kemper reminded me of Ted Bundy throughout this. They have very similar uh, <clears throat> personalities. Oh, for sure. And kind of how like people looked at them. Uh, it's pretty similar. So... Ed was uh, born in Burbank, California. He, at the time, his parents were married. Their names are Clarnell and Edmund. His dad was a World War II vet. Childhood, worst of the worst. Uh, So very troubled. Uh, He was also very intelligent from a young age. We'll find out later that his IQ tested at 145, which is considered highly gifted. Yes. Which could also explain, you know, some of his personality traits. 
His mother. That's who he had. Oh, shit. Drink. Okay. His mother was extremely problematic. We're not drinking for that one. We just drank and we're doing the deal. <laughs> so his, um, his parents divorced in 1957. We'll kind of fast forward to that. I think he was somewhere around the age of nine, nine. if I'm doing my math mm -hmm. correct. Yeah. Nine. He was actually close to his dad. Not a lot is said about his dad, except the fact that his dad worked very menial jobs. The mom was very much against that. So mom was ruler of the house. She was physically, verbally, mentally abusive and a yep. major, major alcoholic. So when they divorced, this absolutely devastated Ed. Um, he was, he had other siblings as well. He had mm -hmm. sisters. So when they divorced, his mom forced him to move to Montana with her and the girls. Yep. He um, did things such as, like, she was afraid that he was going to hurt his sisters. He had already started displaying very uh, problematic behaviors, torturing animals, killing animals, specifically their family cats. So in one instance, in one incident, he killed the cat. Or, sorry, killed a cat. The next cat he buried alive. That wasn't enough. So he uh, unburied the cat. What's the word I'm looking for when you dig up a grave? Yeah. Um, resume the body? Or yes. Whatever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, popped its head off and then buried it again. <gasps> yeah. Oh, my so, God. So, like, it wasn't enough. This popping off of the head thing is a yeah. common thing for Ed. So, we'll get yeah. into that. He did sort of um, mess with his sisters as far like mentally. So yeah. popping the head off of their Barbie dolls, he said that he liked the sound of that occurring. Kind of weird. Um, so that being said, mom was scared that Ed was going to... Oh, <laughs> that he was going to hurt the girls, so he would she would lock him in the basement, which was rat, rat infested, molded mattress, yep. total darkness, like nine, 10 years old, like absolutely just torturous for him. That Very, is so um, sad, you know, yeah. like, can you imagine? I mean, number one, the child is clearly acting out for yes. many reasons. And then Instead of, like, talking to your child, you're like, oh, you know what? I'm going to punish you by locking you in a basement right. to, to make you even more crazy. It's ignoring all the signs of a child in need and yep. then just making it a million times worse. Oh, for sure. So she was very critical. She blamed everything on Ed, not the sisters. And... You know, it is kind of hard. I could see where, like, a mother would be scared for her other children when you, because you do sometimes. Oh, this is going to be bad. <laughs> it's going to be so bad. I could see where you would fear for your other children. Sometimes they are just problematic. But for sure. These are very extreme circumstances that you yeah. should know to get this child help. Yep. Instead of, like, instigating the behaviors, I guess. Mm hmm. So, um, she wouldn't coddle him for fear of turning him gay, expressed signs. Oh, she'd expressed signs of personality disorder. And, um, you know, according to the ex-husband, he came back and said, yeah, she was always outraged with me. Yep. 
um, emasculated him, put him down for his jobs and so on. He compared her to war so many times. He was a World oh War gosh. II veteran. And his words were basically that she was worse than any of the atomic bombs he experienced in war. So <laughs> <laughs> if uh, you can only imagine. And wow. on top of this, Ed is getting bullied for his personality and also right. being a very large person. Right. So at 15 years old, he was already six foot four and I right. don't have his exact weight, but he was like large. He was a large person. Yeah. So, um, not the greatest childhood starting out. He sort of had this fantasy, dark fantasy life. Mm -hmm. So he liked to play mind games with himself. Imagine, you know, like for the dolls, for example, that wasn't right. just, Oh, I like the sound. It's a satisfying sound. It was, he was imagining doing that to people he would make his sisters uh play games called gas chamber or electric chair where he would act out the pain of those things like he wanted to be the one in the electric chair or the one right. in the gas chamber right and not you know torturing other people he liked the torture himself himself yeah <clears throat> yeah so already displaying like a sociopathic uh personality someone who for sure doesn't know what those feelings are like. They like to act it out, make people like draw people in in that way and play those, right. those mind games. It's absolutely um, disturbing. And a lot of times he sure. said that he was asked to be blindfolded during these games and he just absolutely loved the torture at a very young age. That's insane. Yes, absolutely. So when he was about 14, 15 years old, he did, he had had enough of his mom he ran away to be with his father. Uh, good thing it's an extra large class. <laughs> so he ran away to be with his father in uh, Van Nuys, California. Pretty long ways away. Not exactly yeah. sure how he got there, but he did. <laughs> so <laughs> dad probably bought him a bus <laughs> ticket or whatever. Yeah, something yeah. along those lines. But when he got there, right. he was actually rejected by his father. He mm -hmm. had remarried. She had a son. So he was like, sorry, no, you should go live with your grandparents. So this would have been his paternal grandparents. Yep. Um, they lived in North Fork, California, not too far away. Uh, they lived on a farm and he absolutely hated this lifestyle. He hated the fact that, um, his grandpa was kind of a pushover, like the other men in his family. And grandma mm -hmm. was just like his mom, very dominant. He okay. described them as basically the same people. Although from what I read, it's not a lot of like the physical torture. It's more of like the mental triggers that are getting to him. Right. So when he first got there living on a farm, they gave him a gun. Uh, but... They noticed he was going out doing random killings, shooting small animals, birds, just for fun. So despite what he wanted, they did take the gun away. And uh, he, <clears throat> sorry, I'm losing my place here. So I, my, my exact words here, grandma emasculated both him and the grandpa. So again, these are just like same signs as how his mother acted. Yes. yes. But you and said they were his paternal paternal 
So not even related. No, but I have a the feeling mom. this is coming, not to like victim blame here, but this is coming from the men and the women that they choose. Because right. grandpa is also a lot like his son. Right. Ed's dad. You know this what I mean? so weird. Yeah, it's very unfortunate because it's kind of like you have this opportunity of a troubled kid maybe getting to spend time with a normal family and it's just not going to happen. No. So, uh, she could never be pleased with anything Ed did. I mean, it is literally just everything the same as, as mom. (laughs) Oh God, I hate you for this word. (laughs) So, um, for Christmas, it's, I don't know if they gave the rifle back, got him a new rifle, what the situation was, but fast forward to August of 1964. He's somewhere around the age of 16. Um, him and his grandma had gotten into a disagreement and he had just absolutely had enough and he shot her to, and later he says it was to see what it felt like. <clears throat> that yep. is an exact quote from him. So again, <laughs> it kind of goes back to that dark fantasy life. Yeah. Just, you know, being He's just so... wanting to see, like you said, to see what it felt like. Yeah. It's, he wanted it's... to do all of these different things to see how it would make him feel. Yeah, just an absolutely fascinated brain. I mean, yeah. just wanting to know more. And again, it's I to me, that kind of really, it's back to the knowledge. And it's not to say people with high IQs want to, like, murder people. No. But his obviously took a dark turn. It did. Yep. So <clears throat> at that point, um, it sounded like he maybe did have some respect for his grandpa, much like he did his dad. He didn't. He knew his grandpa would be upset <laughs> with what he had done to grandma. So he didn't want grandpa to see the site in the kitchen or wherever this, I think it was in the kitchen that this took place. So grandpa was coming home from getting groceries. He met him at his car where he point blank shot and killed him as well uh, to literally spare him from seeing and knowing because he knew he'd get in trouble for this. Yep. So, I mean, sounds logical. Yep. Why not? Point blank at 16 years old, um, killed his, his grandparents. So after that, the first thing he did was he made a call to his mom. He admitted everything and said what he did. (sighs) (laughs) He admitted everything that he did. Yeah. She said, don't run. You need to call the police and tell them what you did. Yep. Uh, so he did, (laughs) he called the police and confessed and they, they came and got him. Yeah. So, uh, due to him being obviously underage and a minor being such a insane story, yeah. they immediately took him to the state hospital where he was immediately diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. Um, paranoid schizophrenia? Yeah. Paranoid schizophrenia. That is not what he had, but no. Okay. Like so, they were way wrong back in the, what, this would have been the sixties. Yeah. Sixties. And I, in my opinion, this, this time in the state hospital and the, uh, the, uh, the juvenile detention center that he eventually gets taken to, to me, this is what built the serial killer in him. This is oh, where sure. everything goes wrong. Yeah. So, um, he was diagnosed, the psychiatrists, the social workers, everyone disagreed 
with the court psychiatrist diagnosis. So you have <clears throat> lots of opinions going on back and forth. Some people think he's criminally insane. Um, some people look at it as he's a kid with a bad life. I mean, it's just all, no, no one can really agree to what happens. Um, psychiatrists didn't see the delusions that he was claiming to have flight of ideas, any bizarre thinking. They thought this was all very calculated and they just have a cold blooded killer on their hands. Right. So, um, again, they thought his intelligence played a huge role in this and they re-diagnosed him with passive aggressive type and personality trait disturbance. You know, that's just so crazy because if we think about, you know, the 60s back in the day, mental illness, like, wasn't really a thing, Yeah, you know? And they would either say that, like, people are sane or insane. They didn't really yeah. have these, I mean, they had these diagnoses, of course, but they didn't really understand them, you know, at this time. And yeah. so... They're basically like you have a group of people over here who are trying to say like, no, this kid, because he's a kid at this time. Exactly. This kid is unwell. He has trauma. Look at what's happened to him as a child and look at what he did as, you know, a, a child. And then yep. you have the law enforcement side saying, no, that doesn't matter. He's still, you know, committing right. a crime and he just killed his grandparents. Just so killed it's such his such a weird time back then. It was, and at this time, we don't have serial killer profiling. We don't no. have DNA testing, which no. not not that you know not that not this needed that, that but that we time. didn't have the research, the technology no. to investigate things further like right. we do now. Like right, so. It's absolutely it was horrible. Like they would open a book and they would read and say, "Yep, that's that's what he is. That's what he has." Well, I think I'll, and and we'll we'll get into this pretty soon. But a lot of things worked on feelings and oh, what people sure. saw at, at face value. And yep. as we all know, these, especially with Ed Kemper, he's a genius. You yep. cannot take things at word or face value. Oh well, he seems no. like a nice guy. Um, he promises he won't do it again, yep. um, but that's definitely not how things Work worked in the late him. 60s and with yeah. Ed Kemper specifically. So, oops, I accidentally fast forward a little bit on my notes here. So this is where I, okay, the feelings and like, you cannot trust criminals. You cannot trust murderers right. comes into place. So. He was taken to, I'm probably going to butcher this, um, at a Scudero State Hospital for the Criminally Insane. Okay. So he um, allegedly got along great with everybody here, including mm -hmm. his psychiatrist. He was made an assistant to the psychiatrist where he would help perform examinations on other people within this facility. Um, he was actually trained to administer these tests to other inmates. <laughs> what? I read that. And I know. I, okay. I literally had to put like an X in my notes because I'm like, I need to look into this, this, oh, yeah. I get a lot of my information from good old Wikipedia. And I was like, this has got to be someone playing a sick joke. No. Well, the sick joke gets worse. Yep. So. 
Um, he became part of the, I think it's pronounced JCs, but it's the United States Junior Chamber mm-hmm. while he was in this facility. And what they do, they do leadership training and civic organization, and their areas of emphasis are in business development, management skills, individual training, community service, and international connections. Mm. All of this is great. I, I am all about rehabilitation in oh, for sure. prisons and hospitals and all of these facilities. So don't get me wrong. It's not like, no. you know, I, I want these people to get help, see the light, blah, blah, blah. However, what he did for this organization was help to develop psychiatric tests and scales. So, again, <laughs> I see where he could be I mean, used- they might as they might as well like utilize them for something. They had to build their testing off of someone and assist with that. But totally, but for him to like total agreeance. However, uh, you know, it's like using him as a test subject is one thing. I absolutely agree. Like while he's there, right. Study the shit out of him. Do what you got to do. But the problem is, is he, um, was, Like he says that this is one of the reasons he learned to be such a a fantastic mental manipulator is because he knew what they were going to look for. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, maybe he should be a test subject, not developing the test. Cause what happens when you, when you evaluate him? Yeah. That's like the person who developed the lie detector test. Like they will forever be able to pass it. Yeah. So they developed the test. Exactly. I just, they quoted him as just being like this model inmate. He took pride in his work. Yeah, bitch. He took pride in his work because he's like (laughs) taking freaking notes. And he's like, as soon as I get out of here, I'm going to use all this to my advantage, especially in the 60s. Like, this is just insane to me. I just like, again, all about uh, reformation and using these people and studying them and like learning what right. we can, but like, Jesus Christ, do not have them develop the yeah. way. Uh, anyways, I'm like, do we I not know. have a person with a, a 145 IQ that maybe didn't murder his grandparents that could help us out? Right. Apparently not. Apparently so, not. <laughs> so, um, this is one of the things that he is, a, again, we're going to get into to some direct quotes. So because of this, he says he knew a lot uh, how to manipulate psychiatrists and learn a lot from sex offen- offenders he administered. Quote, they told me that to uh, to avoid leaving any witnesses, it was best to kill a woman after raping her. So wow. I'm like, he's sitting there interviewing these rapists and they're like yo bro here's how you do it yeah here's how you do it just make sure you kill them yeah don't leave any witnesses that's that's a serial killer's motto don't (laughs) leave witnesses (laughs) hashtag don't leave witnesses (laughs) oh my god oh by the way step by step (laughs) speaking of hashtags So I was posting, you know, that Ted Bundy thing today Mm -hmm. and I went to do hashtag Ted Bundy. You can't. And it's gone. But you can do Bundy, hashtag Bundy. 
you know what I'm so mad about and I'm just gonna say it now is we never once made the joke about Bundy undies in our two part I know we never did what the heck what the heck I'm so mad at us I know maybe you know (laughs) we're going to leave that as a tease to the audience so we'll come back We'll come back. We'll come back to the Bundy undies. But yeah, I noticed that too. I tried and I kind of felt weird. I'm like, should I hashtag Ted Bundy? And I was like, yeah, why not? Maybe, you know, you just never know. And uh, yeah, it wouldn't even let me do it. When it popped up with zero, zero, zero hashtags used, I was like, oh, this is going to get blocked. So yeah, I know. But Bundy had like over 300,000. So I'm like, all right, I'll do Bundy. Yeah. Why not? So anyways, wow. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so here's where things just get absolutely freaking terrible. So despite other psychologists, so outside of the people who are fucking giving him jobs, um, the prison doctor's recommendations, he was released on his 21st birthday. He was... For good behavior. For good freaking behavior, folks. That is five years (laughs) after two murders of your family. Of your grandparents for no reason. I mean, he honestly, uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Like, Grandma's a bitch. I get it. Grandma but is a bitch. Like you're 16 no years reason. old. Get out. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I shouldn't say that. That's like, I shouldn't say just, oh, it's that easy. Just leave your family. Like, I understand it's hard, but like murder is not the answer, guys. But murder Murder's is not an option. Like, <laughs> yeah. not an option. And then he is like released on good behavior and obviously like. They deemed him a model inmate, a model inmate. He helped write these tests. He helped perform these tests. So they're like, he's not an inmate. He needs to leave. (laughs) Yep. And they released him. Just, and then they also released him to his mother, which everyone was like, okay, if you're. (sighs) To his mother, Drake, I hope you all are drunk. Also, I have been drinking every time I say grandmother. Oh, well, I mean, it has mother in it, too. Yeah. Anywho. So, release release to the demon. They literally were like, we're hanging the banners. Don't send him home with his mom. And that's exactly what they do. And they knew. They knew about his mother at this time. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh, no. But they did. Yeah. They knew about her because he told these psychiatrists literally everything, everything about his childhood. Yes. He told him about the animals. He told him about why he killed his grandparents. He told him about the relationship that he had with his mom. He told him about the relationship that he had with his sisters and his dad. So they knew that she was the worst person. Yes. For him to go home to. Yeah. They knew. So, if you can imagine somebody who, like, <clears throat> he looks just like a gentle giant. I would he describe does. him as, like, the teddy bear type. For sure. If you've seen the actor that plays him in Mindhunter, what's his name? I put it down here somewhere because I am in love oh, with this actor. Oh, he killed it. He killed Cameron it. Britton. Cameron yes. Britton. Cameron Britton is a spitting image of him. He is. But the way you can find interviews with Ed Kemper, and he is very articulate. He is, he is. very straightforward. He, he is. pretty monotone, but... No um, emotion. Yeah, I mean, but he is openly honest. Like, very openly. open. It's like that yep. anti-social personality 
kind of, but it's because he is so fond of law enforcement. He's obsessed with them, which we'll get into. Yes. <clears throat> but yes, he's a very open person. He told them all about the mom, all about the grandma. He flat out told them I killed my grandma because I wanted to see what it felt like. Mm -hmm. That would be two drinks. I know. <clears throat> he really did. Yeah. I mean, he really did. And these people, I mean, I can't even imagine like talking to a human being like this, you know, and especially yeah. in the sixties, again, you got to take that into account where serial killers weren't really a, a thing yet. Give it another five years and then they were, you know, yeah. but like, and again, mental illness wasn't a thing. It wasn't a and, thing. And so they saw a good kid and that developed into a good adult. And they're like, we know he had a bad childhood. We know he had a bad life, but. Here we yep. go. We're going to give him a second chance. So, and thankfully a lot of good comes from this case in that aspect, but we'll oh, for sure. get into that. So basically to sum up his time uh, <clears throat> in these facilities, all charges were expunged mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, released on parole. And again, the only thing you can find is that he convinced the courts that he was re rehabilitated. So yep. that's it. So his mom at this time is now teaching at, um, in Santa Cruz. <clears throat> in Santa Cruz at the University of California. So what a great place for your murderous son. Great role son. model. Yeah. Also, well, and for a, a terrible human being, being yeah. a fucking teacher. Like, <laughs> oh, great. Oh, yeah. Those poor kids. Kind of goes back, which... I don't know a job that would be good for like a serial killer environment, but it is kind of a, uh, a theme that they're always like working jobs. They shouldn't be. Yes. Or they're living with some, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. So crazy, I know. But anyways, he decided to attend that community college because Did he I? wanted to be a police officer, state trooper, something in law enforcement. Might as well get that discount from mama. Yep. So, that being said, oh, shh. Our drinking word should be <laughs> shit, because I basically say that every time we say every the drinking word. Every time. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Anywho, so, he was rejected from the police force for his size. At this point, he is 6'9 and 300 mm -hmm. pounds. So, again... Big, gentle, giant. Google a picture of him. Like, I'm not saying that to be nice. He just looked yeah. like a nice guy. He really did. He did. He did. So, um, that's where he gets the nickname Big Ed. Again, it's not serial killer related. He was known by that by law enforcement. He would frequent mm -hmm. uh, bars where they would hang out. He maintained a very friendly relationship with the police. And because of his knowledge with um, the tests and all the psych psychiatric work that he'd endured, he knew how to ask just enough. Oh, there he is. There's, There's Mr. Ed. Okay, sorry. Continue. <clears throat> also, apparently he does not like to be called Edward. He does not. Why? His mom gave, well, his mom gave him Edmund. Yes. So he says, go by Ed. Call me Ed. Yep. Yep. Call me Ed. Freak. Okay. So he was known as a friendly nuisance. So hang on a sec. 
Time out. Okay. Can you imagine, not really time out, but like, can okay. you imagine if he would have been a police officer? Um, no. That's like, what's his like, name? Wasn't there a serial killer police officer? Didn't we oh, talk about yeah, him? Yeah, Joseph James Yeah, Angelo. the Golden State yeah. Killer. Yeah. I know, but can you imagine if ed would have been no. a police officer not because he is so resourceful he is so he intelligent is so smart the the he intelligence probably, is scary he would probably still he he probably would have never gotten caught no to be honest he would be like joseph james d'angelo where they found dna from years back but from you know something that had happened and then <coughs> they arrested him yeah, my my thing with Ed Kemper though is that he as as much as like people describe him as a sociopath, there yeah. was something about him that was very like <clears throat> emotionally driven. Oh, to for where sure. like he he just did things in a rage that I'm like ah that li- that lends you to get caught pretty easily. Whereas like people like Ted Bundy right. were very calculated. And Golden yeah. State Killer, very calculated and thought For out. Sure. Ed Kemper's not really like that. No, and he was taking all his anger out on one particular reason, which, I mean, you'll talk yeah. a little bit more about that. But Correctamundo. So, um, <laughs> back to these cops. Allegedly, as well, uh, the cops were so friendly with him that one of them gave him a training school badge and handcuffs. And another mm-hmm. one let him borrow a gun. Why? Who the fuck knows? That is stupid. I don't, yep. I can't think of one good reason why you would give out any of those things. Well, so. at this time, he didn't have a record, <laughs> you know, so Still, he looks like a you, model can person. You I know. If I, I know. looking like this, walk up to a police officer and say, can I just borrow your gun? They're going to be like, yeah. no. And in fact, we're going to start an investigation on you. That's weird. In fact, you are going to jail. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, turn around and put your hands behind your back, you freak. You were harassing a police officer. <laughs> just insane. Just absolutely insane. So he is still living with mom at this time, and he is working again. I'm not going to say it. He is working. Working menial jobs. So they are still constantly fighting. He... Landed a job at the California Department of Transportation. It has another name and word, but that's all we really need to know. Um, Their arguments were so bad. I kind of went back and forth there, but his arguments with his mom were so bad. They they were overheard by neighbors. Like, this is a clear thing. This is not anything in secret. Right. He recounts the fights being, quote, horrendous, vicious, things that men would have gotten physical over, but he did respect the aspect that she was a female to not hit her, which is right. so ironic. Um, but these were over things like one example is she told him he needed to have his teeth cleaned. So things like that turn out into physical, emotional, full out mm-hmm. battles. Right. Just over the top. So he I want to like, say <clears throat> I read something where they had gotten into a fight over, like she had told him to take the trash out. Yeah, or something little just like that. Little and things. it became psychotic. Yeah, like just absolutely insane. Yeah, crazy. Um, 
And it, it, it kind of relates later to, and I don't want to give out any spoilers to how it ends, but that's kind of what, how she yeah. ends up. Where she did. Yep. Yep. So. <laughs> <laughs> A nice sound effect. <laughs> yeah. I'm here for the sounds. So he was like, I got to get the F out of here. Bye, mom. So they don't have a lot of money. He saved up enough money to move um, about an hour and a half away, 77 miles from Santa Cruz. He moved in with a friend. There's zero information on this friend. Right. But continued to struggle financially. So I can't imagine it was anything more than just this small apartment. Mm -hmm. um, but he maintained a relationship with his mom kind of against his will, which is... And now I need a refill. I know. I was hoping this mug would last me through both episodes. Definitely not going to. <laughs> so. Um, he, Maintain relationship with he, her. This kind of goes back to his narcissistic tendencies. But mm -hmm. he a lot of times claimed, like, would spin things to make it sound like he was the victim. Like. I had to maintain this toxic relationship. I had to do this to this woman. We'll get in later. But he had, quote unquote, to maintain this relationship because she would make surprise visits to him and call him constantly. So, again, uh -huh. constantly fighting, showing up. I'm sure things were physical and rough, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, um. I, I put during his employee, I don't, we're just going to ignore that. Employment. Sentence. Yes. So mm -hmm. while he was still working, he was, I, I think he was maybe off duty at this point. He had saved up and bought a motorcycle. Okay. Uh, but he was hit by a car and in the settlement, he received $15,000, which is equal to $90,000 today. So quite okay. a bit of money. Yeah. Um, but he could not work. So what mm -mm. did he do? He bought a car and he had all this free time and all this money to do whatever he wanted. Really scandalous things, as yeah. one might put it. So he purchased a car and as he was just driving around looking for trouble, he noticed a lot of young women who are willing to hitchhike. This is the era yep. of hitchhiking. It is. Please the era do not hitchhike. Ever. Yeah. Don't ever hitchhike. I don't care what your reason is. Walk. Walk 5,000 miles. Don't hitchhike. Right. Have you ever picked up a hitchhiker? Uh, yes. Or like your parents or whatever? No. My Nana is very against that. I have picked up hitchhikers with someone in the car. Mm-hmm. And, um... Then Nick has actually picked up a hitchhiker, which is a crazy story now that I think about it. The guy was um, senile. What's the other word I'm looking for? Like, he had dementia. Like, okay. Nick picked him up at the end of our street. We had never mm -hmm. seen this guy. And the guy was like, I need to go to this place to turn in, I think, like a bank statement. So Nick's like, yeah, I can wow. do that. And I'm like, I think I was on the phone with him or something. We were somehow on the phone. And I was like, do not get off the phone with me. So then the guy, he drives, Nick drives them like to like about a mile away. There's a gas station. Yeah. The, guy, the guy was like, pull yeah. over here. I need to go in and use the ATM. So Nick pulls in. The guy never comes out. Nick waits like 10, 15 minutes, never comes out. And so I'm like, Nick, oh please gosh. get out of there. Please get out. Yeah, just leave. Just leave. So then like a week later at the house where he picked him up, 
there was an ambulance. Oh. And he did give Nick his name. And we, ch- I know, is this illegal to read people's mail? Yeah, don't mail? say the name. No. I oh, meant to yeah, read his mail. Yeah, that's illegal. Okay, well, we somehow found out that his name matched the name at that house. Oh, wow. I won't say okay. how we found out. But, so he did live at that house, but he he was lost in, in his own front yard. Oh, that's yeah. sad. So it was really sad, but it was also really scary. Don't know what happened yeah. to him. We honestly thought the house was abandoned, so that's even scarier. Oh my gosh! And he was living there the whole time. Yeah. Do you pick up the tigers? Family? No, I don't. But I mean, there was one time uh, my mom (laughs) picked up this woman, and I was in the front seat, and she got in the back seat, and it was raining. It was cold. She was like carrying groceries. So my mom, like, you said twice. Oh, I know. But my mom, it's not related to the Three story. Three times. <laughs> she picked up this woman and we took her home. So. And nothing happened? No, she was like a middle-aged woman. Tell it again. Uh. <laughs> my question, bitch, was have you ever picked up a hitchhiker? Because it was a hitchhiking part in the story. Yeah, so honestly. Continue. I think think I have a few times with people in the car. Never by myself. Yeah. Wait, actually, that's not true. I think I have. Anyways, we'll we'll save that for another time. (laughs) So, anyways. um, Started noticing all these women getting picked up. So, this is when the uh, dark fantasy comes back into play. So, he starts... he, He claims later that he probably helped 100 to 150 women just hitchhike. He liked the conversation is what he said. Right. But the whole, excuse me, the whole time he's taking these women, he's having his thoughts, kind of like what he did with the dolls, like what he yep. did with his grandma. The what animals. would it be like to pop their heads off? Right. What would it be like to kill this woman? What would it be like to shoot her? And with to the money. Her, to do whatever. Yes. Just horrendous thoughts um he was somehow able to fight against them which is just the craziest thing to me for that if if that's true if that number is true and he's honestly so open about everything else. all of it i feel like why would he lie about that number no so he's also at this time because of his money collecting tools that he thinks in the future if i were to do this this is the tool i would use so he's collecting all these tools in his car so Later in interviews, he was asked, you know, what did run through your mind exactly when you would see a pretty girl specifically? Mm -hmm. And this is his direct quote. One side of me says, wow, that's what an attractive chick. I'd like to talk to her, date her. The other side of me says, I wonder what her head would look like on a stick. Wow. I know. Like night and day different difference. Like. Okay, I like her. What if she could be my girlfriend? And then the other part yeah. is, all right, I want to kill her and see what her head looks like on yeah. a stick. and I feel like the... Like, no connection. Like, one part is emotional, and the other part is zero. It's weird. Yeah. It's so weird. So fascinating. 
And I feel like the woman rejection theme is very common with serial killers or just rejection oh, of sure. love, honestly, in rejection. general. Yeah, in general. Rejection in general. But he is very open later in yeah. life about, I would see a couple and think, oh, I would like that. I, I wonder what it's like to for a girl to be interested in me and a girl to date me. But at that point, it's like that rage took over. Yeah. So and he was like, nope, no love, just kill. Yeah. I mean, uh <gasps> Anyways, I know. So we're minutes away from our hour mark, and this is where I'm going to cut this off before we get into the actual killings and oh! um, the final, the final, the final story. Shebang. Yes. Okay. Um, one thing I do want to say because, and I meant to say this at the beginning of the video, and I forgot, is that I saw this TikTok. <laughs> It's crazy oh, that a TikTok just inspired some deep thoughts within me, but it did. Where a girl, I guess, they suffered a a murder tragedy within their family, and it was picked wow. up by Hulu without okay. their consent or knowledge. <gasps> and Hulu covered the story with names and everything, and they didn't know with until their was, names. Yes, <clears throat> until oh, it was God. released. And the girl who made the TikTok, I think, was a sister of the victim. And she was like, you know, this is entertainment for you guys. It's not, this is our lives. I think that's awful to yeah, create. Yeah, and they should have, they, that family particularly should have been able to give consent to Hulu. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. There was something about that TikTok that I was just like, oh, damn, that's the other side of this. Yeah, for sure. So, any hoosers, shall we thank our patrons? Yeah. Or do you want to talk about Color Up C CBD while I pull this up? Because I actually wrote down our patrons' names this time. Oh, look at you. I know. Yeah. Um, want to <laughs> talk about our sponsor, Color Up CBD. You can go to colorupco.com, order whatever you would like, all CBD, natural CBD products, um, including dog treats, skincare, tinctures, all of the above. And if you use code SINISTER20, all lowercase, you can get 20% off. Woo! Just in time for the holidays. Yeah. So in our gift box that we were sent, I just used the facial scrub because I don't use that every day. Mm -hmm. I use that like once every couple months. It's so yeah. gentle. It is. I am a, now I'm like obsessed. It was yeah, so it's like a, nice. Like a micro exfoliant or yeah. whatever. It's not That's super nice. harsh. It <clears throat> it also leaves your face feeling a little moisturized afterwards. For so sure. That is my product of the week that I'm super about is their facial scrub. And to thank our patrons, a.k.a. the supporters of the podcast, we have lost a member, Sean. <laughs> we talked yeah, RIP. Who we talked about last week. But instead, we replaced him with Justin. So we have Justin, Annette, Adrian, Nicholas, Valerie, Haley, Angie, and Cheryl. Thank you guys all so much. Those of you who are VIPs are getting a seasonal gift. So that's you are. super exciting. So excited yep. for that. And uh, we will see you in part two. Yep, we on will. On Thursday. Yep, on Thursday. Stay sinister. And a happy holidays. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>